0: That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along?" They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people how our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what was referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther, but they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that, while he was with them at table, he took bread Said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were open and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while well, he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Thank you so much for coming, mercy parishioners today and yesterday you can blame Father John Ensler for an invitation to come here almost 25 years ago. Thank you, John. Otherwise I never would have gotten to know the Mercy Parish. Thank you for your incredible hospitality, Father Bill. Um, You really, there's a great, Feedback at the other end of uh, the school, waiting for us. The Kemp family is here. The patriarch walked in and he got separated from the sheep. You're the shepherd, Francis. You got to stand up. There was another Father pa- Kemp, his brother, Patrick. Francis, you're about. Father Pat's brothers and sisters and children and cousins and Kemp, stand up. Paul, Jolie, Carol Ann. Thank you all for making the uh, effort out to be here. We kept a chair. There's one that may appear to be missing but he's not missing. You can't see the chair, it's on the other side of the altar, but I'm about to introduce you. For those of you who have not been here and do not know my classmates from May the 6th, 1967, Father Donald Warch was one of those who was ordained with me, and it was my pleasure to be with him Sunday in and Sunday out for God knows how many years here? 10 more, give or take. Father Don, you're important to me and to the Lord. Father Don, do you know that? Mercy people, can I get an amen? I just want to hear something. <laughs> Father Don, June fifteenth, 1941, August twenty-seventh, 2016. We talked about this anniversary repeatedly. And it was Father Bill English and myself, um, how should I say it? Bittersweet privilege to preach at his wake and funeral masses here at Our Lady of Mercy. Father Don is here in spirit and in presence. He's also here in his brothers, Chris and Vivian. Stand up, please. Chris and Vivian, Denny and Mary. Cousin Lester's wife, Maureen, stand up. Yeah, yeah, all of you stand up. Take one more bow. The prayer is that Father Don is present to us, close to us, good to us. Um, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's going to get better. I was um, have been in my head the last couple of days, the last couple of weeks. In fact, there are two drafts for a homily, believe it or not. Most people think I kind of pull it out on the way. <laughs> <clears throat> i got to tell you, Emmaus and the disciples who encountered Jesus along the way, the teacher, I just... I have to tell you that the author of Luke's Gospel and the Acts of the Apostles gets my m- deepest thanks. This Gospel, all that follows this Gospel, and the Acts of the Apostles, this story and that Jesuit Ignatian influence for us to walk into it—it it hit me again this morning. Oh my God! Not only are you the disciple along the way for fifty years. You've been the one who's been leading people in breaking the bread, but don't get too big for your britches, Raymond, because people broke bread for you. People broke open the scriptures for you. And even when you're lost, and even when you're walking alone, and even when you're feeling disappointed, or even when you've lost somebody really close to you in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of months, even when you find disgust sometimes coming over you, just like these disciples met Jesus, you've got to remember. You've got to remember all the ways that Jesus understands and feeds not just them but us and in the feeding gives us a mission. The vocation of all the disciples is ours. It's to speak about the risen one and to go and tell one another to share the good news and to continue to seek the kingdom of God and God's justice. Companion, that's what happens. Jesus' companions. He encounters. He engages them in the deepest kind of way to deal with their heartbreak, to deal with their we were hoping, to grope with them in their How do I make this work? How do I figure this out? Father Jerry was here at the 1045. He taught me all that. I was not convinced that we were getting good catechetics at St. Mary's Seminary. So I went to Catholic University. And along with Father McFarlane, who is right here, he celebrated a first mass. He's going to be what, Chris? 97, did you tell me? 98. He is 97. Um, He's living at the Byron House. A word about Joe Byron in a minute. But he taught me about you got to break it open in word and in life. you got to take the word and your life, put them together, then celebrate the sacrament, then realize you've been sent on a mission. We know about a mission. The mission is to touch this world with the goodness and the graciousness of God. And honestly, getting into your head is one thing. But when you get together with the people that you went to school with from the first grade and your best friends are sitting right here and right over there from those times and you get to throwing down a little bit and having a little bit of a celebration, what you remember is something that I think is pretty great. And I think I don't know Father Chris's family like I know these other families right here. But we all had folks that broke the bread for us before we ever heard a call or felt a feel or a nudge to be in a position of serving in this capacity. Don't leave me in my head and my heart. Take me to last night where we can chuckle and jump around. What came up last night, what came up last night, Joe and Tinsel, Dorothy, Carol Ann Barber, Joe and Lois, Susie Q. What came up was talking about and funny about all those who did it for us, who brought us to the gospel. The memory that triggered me and got me jumping was the night at Sister Barbara Spears' house when we were talking with my dear mom, who was then 89, just had hit 89, and asked her what advice life advice she could give us. It's on the back of her memorial card. May I? Kathleen's advice on her 89th birthday. May I? Say your prayers every day. Make a good act of contrition every day with special emphasis on your sins of omission. Have a short bourbon, at least, every other day. <laughs> you ready for this one? Keep your bowels open. <laughs> you can cheer. Keep, com- keep communication open with your family. Keep your door open to strangers and to those in need and finally you got to be with people you got to be with people I graduated after two years at the and two at Gonzaga I decided I wanted to go into st. Charles College in Catonsville and Kathleen my mother was a good friend of Bishop John McNamara's and she took me to see him at the church of our baptism were you baptized there Paul Caroline and I were baptized at St. Gabriel's and we went to St. Gabriel's on Grand Circle and talked to Bishop McNamara. I told Bill and Chris this, this morning. He looked at me and he said, your mother was a dear, she helped build this church. You're going away to the seminary. There's only two things you need to remember. It's about Jesus and getting to know Jesus and about listening to people And when you forget it, it's about the people bringing you to Jesus when you get dumb and in your own stuff and about Jesus bringing you to the people. That's very, very important. Just remember that. I probably had some idea of what he was saying then, but I really had no idea, I don't think, in terms of the enormity and the wonder of what this has been about. Some years later, in fact, I think in 1979, at Alumni Day at St. Mary's Seminary, Roland Park, at the dedication of the chapel there, Father Ray Brown, in the midst of this incredible gathering of clerics, all dressed in their finery, to celebrate the anniversary of the dedication of the new chapel at St. Mary's Seminary, Roland Park. In front of all these priests said, there are really only two priesthoods. It's the priesthood of Jesus Christ and the priesthood of all the baptized. We are ordained to serve those two priesthoods. What I'm telling you is that I'm looking at an assembly, a holy nation, a people of God, an assembly of priests who day in, day out, week in, week out, mediate that grace, that divinity, because we have been in the water. We know what the blood is about. We know what the bread is about. We know what the confirmation, these red is from confirmation yesterday, yes? We know what it is to be confirmed and sealed in the spirit. We know a little bit about martyrdom and we know a little bit about the other sacraments as well. That sacrament that makes families, that helps us raise kids, that day in and day out, takes us to teaching one another how to pray and to break bread with one another and to pull together in families and to make a big family. This parish has taught me that in ways, frankly, that I did not anticipate. I think it was the first time I realized that I was blessing food on its way to some in the old church. I said, what are we doing? We're blessing food on the way to some. And I said, that's a little odd, but it wasn't odd at all. Because then I realized there was a shepherd foundation that was continually remaking and reconstituting the face of this church around the Archdiocese of Washington. And in this parish were a group of doctors and nurses and others who wanted to do mercy clinic before anybody ever talked about immigrants or poor people in health care. There was a mercy clinic. And there was this incredible peer ministry that came to be developed now called Potomac Community Resources. A home is being built for these folks as they grow older next to the uh, priest residence down on the little court where I parked this morning. Potomac Community Resources takes the special gifts of those who the world's not sure are so special, but we are sure Here are special. And that model's been replicated across the globe. Not across the globe exactly, but across the archdiocese. It's going to be replicated across the globe. This parish has a stake in Haiti. This parish has a stake in Assumption and in Langley Park. This parish is not sitting over here resting on its laurels at all. This parish is seeking the kingdom of God and God's righteousness and God's justice and God's way of life in tenderness and in love and in care. And there's another parish, and I'm going there next Sunday. It's a parish that's very special to me. I didn't get it when I first got there either, and that's a long time ago. But that parish taught me both Exodus and Emmaus, what it means to come out of slavery, and a slavery that was executed by the very church church and the faith in which these folks were ensconced. And it was that group of people that built a school. You're going to walk through a school on the way to a little party afterwards. These folks recognized and realized that they needed a school for their own. Put a school together and a church together. And those who had owned the slaves ended up coming to church there. My mother herself, generation two or three later, said, I always went to St. Augustine's because it had the last Mass on Sunday. Carol Ann is our mother. She always went late to the last Mass, and you're keeping her memory alive, Carol Ann. Thank you. (laughs) And she went to that last Mass on Sunday, and she said the music was fabulous. The music was great, and they have vespers in the afternoon. And we should really go to vespers. They had vespers. We should bring vespers back into the life of the church. Are you ready for vespers? That St. Augustine's Parish, continues that school going, and that's part of why I said, don't give me anything, please send it. They decided to name the STEM teacher's chair after me, the guy who knows the least about science, technology, (laughs) education, and almost flunk math. They've named after me. That's the irony of ironies. The glory of meeting Jesus along the way in the stranger, the glory of meeting Jesus in yourself, especially when you're broken, the glory of meeting the gospel and the good news on days when you think everything is bad, the grace of doing what we're about to do. Recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Pray for that grace day in, day out, week in, week out. Father Don, look down on us.